How you doing everybody? Tim from Ski Rex Media here once again with another brandy new episode of the podcast. Unless I'm using this as a repeat somewhere down the line, then it is not brandy new. But on the day it debuts, whatever day that is, I'm not looking up the calendar right now. It's brand new. And this uh, this week I'm going doing yet another interview. The interviews just keep rolling in. We get different guests from all over the industry, athletes. We get other media people. We get friends of the show, all kinds of people. And we also get those who own and operate mountains. And you're going to see a couple more of those coming up. And today we have another that's not only owner-operator of an independent mountain, but um is here in vermont and we will get to that in a moment um but first the shameless plug section of the show please bear with me as i tell you to go to skirexmedia.com which has hopefully been redesigned the redesign is finished by now maybe not i'm having a lot of trouble with it i just don't like what i see but i might be uh getting something done maybe we'll see anyway not the point the point is skirexmedia.com for everything skirex media skirex media on the social media channels instagram facebook twitter and linkedin for those who like to do a little business via social media um Ski Rex Media is on all, all four of those. Please follow. Also, this podcast is on all a lot of most major audio-only platforms, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Please follow, rate, share, subscribe if it's not follow, and YouTube and Rumble for the video versions as well. Subscribe there, rate, leave comments, hit like buttons, do all that stuff for me. I do appreciate it. And if you do enjoy Ski Rex Media and want to show your fandom, SkiRexMediaMerchShop.com. Get yourself cool pocket tee like I wear. Um, maybe with the camo, maybe not. We'll see um, what stays up on the shop because not all of them have the camo, but I like the camo um, and other 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 fun little merch pieces from Ski Rex Media. Check all that stuff out, won't you please? I do appreciate it and I thank you very much for doing so. But now, now we move on to why you're actually here, the interview. Now, Ski Rex Media and Tim from Ski Rex Media, myself, obviously big fan of the Indie Pass. Uh, I promote it all the time. I love it. I plan on using mine this year more than I did last year. And that includes getting to some mountains that I've never been to before, even in, here in Vermont. Um, and one of those is Magic Mountain down there in Londonderry, Vermont, um, a mountain that in my lifetime was closed for a good chunk of my skiing days and was never able to get back. And now I can't wait to get back and neither can a lot of people. And we talk all about that with the current president and owner and dishwasher and car parker and anything else over at Magic Mountain. One Jeff, ha Jeff, ha Jeff Hathaway. Wow, I just butchered his name. Jeff Hathaway over at uh, Magic Mountain. We talked to him. Great interview. I enjoyed it. A lot of fun. Very informative. Um, and uh, he really just gets into a lot of the points of an independent mountain, how they run, why they run, the history of Magic. Um, reiterates a couple of the things we saw uh, in the film In Pursuit of Soul. If you have not seen that yet, TGR's film, um, TGR and Indie Pass film. Doug Fish was a producer on this. Um, check out that film. Jeff was in it as a contributor. He talks about independent mountains. We talk about it here on the interview, and we talk about a few things. We talk about their calendar events, all kinds of stuff. Enjoy the interview, won't you? Um, and remember, share it with your friends. Um, okay, no, no more shameless plugs. Enjoy the interview with Jeff Hathaway. A lot of fun, really fun guy, uh, really knows his stuff. And we will get... I'll, I'll come back after the interview and we'll have a closing, right? Right. Enjoy the interview. Today on the Ski Rex Media Podcast, we're back in Vermont talking to Jeff Hathaway down there at Magic Mountain. Sir, how are you this morning? 
great, great. A uh, little snow outside right now. So totally. I was I just went by there um yesterday, I think it was. Yeah, yesterday, and I saw you had some trail coverage. I was like, what? Look at that. Winter yeah. Wonderland. I love it. So before we go too far yeah. into it, how about we just tell everybody, or how about you just tell everybody who you are and what you do? Uh Jeff Hathaway, uh president. Uh, co-owner of Magic Mountain here in beautiful London, Dairy, Vermont. Uh, I basically wash dishes, uh, clean the rugs, uh, park cars, you name it. That's what I do. Excellent, excellent. You see, that's 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 the that's the interesting part about somebody's mountain. Some people here, president, co-owner, think you got your feet kicked up in a chalet somewhere, drinking Dom Perignon and all oh, this other stuff. Yeah, no way, dude. You're working. You're working. Maybe a couple of PBRs. That's a, you know. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you know, that's okay. You know, after work, everybody has to unwind. So Magic Mountain. Now, Magic Mountain for me is kind of interesting because I've never skied there. Not once. And people ask me, why? Is it because it's off the beaten path? I'm like, well, not really. Route 11 is pretty main, you know, and I have friends who live right up the road from it. No. Growing up in Southern Vermont, Magic Mountain was closed for a good part of my childhood. So how, do you want to get into the history of it a little bit, what the mountain has been and is and going to be? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, obviously you, you grew up in the uh, lean years for, for <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Hans Thorner uh, started Magic uh, back in 1960. So it's got a long history. Uh, it really was one of the crown jewels. Uh, at you know a given point in time in the 60s 70s uh, early 80s of southern vermont skiing which was kind of um you know where it was at yeah. uh, uh the snow belt was there back in the 60s and 70s i grew up skiing uh in the area uh we had a farmhouse in jamaica vermont nice uh, off of route 30 and uh you know since i was three years old we come up to southern vermont first area i ever skied was mount snow uh, then we, our cousins owned the Jamaica Inn back in the day, and we would pile into the Jamaica Inn and, you know, all the kids all over the place. And, um, but we started skiing Stratton back then. Uh, Stratton had just started, uh, way back when I remember when there were only like three trails at the top of Stratton. So there you go. <laughs> That's all I am. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's got a rich history because it was, you know, Stratton Bromley had been there before, uh, magic, uh, was about a year earlier than than stratton uh even uh, when it was founded and it was really the influx of austrian swiss influence on american skiing and uh, uh very much stratton was the austrian flavor uh bromley kind of was the all-american pabst uh family yep. uh flavor and uh hans thorner brought the whole swiss side of it and really had the first Swiss village concept of both ski area and the surrounding community all kind of having a similar feel. So we had houses that were developed in the late 60s, early 70s uh, in Magic Village, and they were all Swiss themed houses. So they're still there today. Um, and so Hans really had this original vis vision of how we would meld kind of the, the scariest itself in terms of what he saw as a vision for some really excellent skiing uh, with the community itself. So it was really one of the first ones. So really a lot of good heritage there. And then, uh, you know, he eventually uh, sold it in the, the mid 80s uh, to this consortium that also owned uh, Bromley at that point in time. Yep. 
uh, and that kind of signaled that first corporate consolidation and it didn't work out well for Magic uh, because uh, Boston Concessions Group, which owned it, decided, oh, we're going to keep Bromley, but we're going to shutter Magic and Timber Ridge on the other side of Magic, which was yep. another small ski area, uh, shuttered both those. Uh, and really, that was the you know first time Magic hadn't operated since uh, 1960. And it was closed for six six years, six long years. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's it's it's a great history. Um, if for anybody who likes ski history, uh, we talk on Ski Rex Media quite a bit about like lost ski areas, like things that aren't around anymore. Timber Ridge being one of them, um, which I guess you could still go on, right? Do you have people going up over Magic or coming over from the other side? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a separate property owned by um, uh, a great local uh, who basically maintains the trails. There are no nice. there are no lifts there anymore or anything in that, but he does mow the trails. Um, and, uh, we are allowed to have people, you know, you know, go over to the backside and you got to figure out a way to get back, either skin back up or you get someone to pick you up on the other side of Timber Ridge off of route one, uh, 21. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a really neat property. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's nice that he allows uh, people to, you know, ski over there or, um, uh, snowshoe, whatever they want to do, uh, they can do that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh when these two were combined back in the late eighties, um, you know, those trails kind of still exist that connect, uh, the two mountains. So you can't do it. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, the, the lost curious thing, I imagine it could have been one of those, uh, Timber Ridge obviously was, we got another area that was in this kind of golden triangle of, uh, Stratton, uh, magic and Bromley back in the day. And that was snow Valley. And Snow Valley is when you come up, you were driving the other day, when you're yep. coming up Route 11 from Manchester, Snow Valley is on the right. Uh, and there's still some good uphill, you know, skinning that you can do there and, and get some runs in. But it's a little it's a little less kept up uh, than, yeah. than Timber Ridge. But it's, you know, it's got some good steeps and it's a nice little pocket that collects snow in there. So that's a good one for people who are interested in uh, skinning. That's and Snow Valley's interested to me. I only learned of its existence uh, last year or the year before. Um, quite by accident, I was looking at something on Google Maps on the satellite, and I seen you know the trails are still there. I was like, "What's what's that?" I didn't yeah. know what that was. Friend of mine lives right up the road from it, so that's you know. And oddly enough, his parents live right next to Timber Ridge too. So it's it's a whole thing right down there, and it's a great area. I loved growing up in Southern Vermont. Um, <clears throat> And uh, with with all the uphill now you can do in these places and magic too. And there was something I definitely wanted to ask you about, not to bounce around too much. Um, but I was talking to Adam Sourwine, host of the Pursuit podcast, uh, not too long ago. And he was talking about a token that you got up at the top of magic. I think he's where he said it was. You skin up and you can get a lift ride back up if you talk to the lifty. Is that still a thing? What, what was that about? That sounded yeah, cool. I mean, that's been kind of part of our heritage. you know. And I think it goes back to when we were closed. Okay. Uh, shut down back in the, you know, uh, mid nineties. Uh, the only way to access this great terrain back here was, uh, you know, hike it yourself. <laughs> so yeah, totally. that's what people did and kind of, we kept that culture going, uh, and, you know, previous owners, uh, even to us, you know, allowed, you know, people to skin up. Um, and, uh, yeah, when we were open, if you could, uh, you got up to the top, uh, you could get a free ride back up. It's not something we're currently doing right now. Sure. Uh, with a free uh, token for lift right up. Uh, it's just gotten so busy 
uh, and with us restricting capacity at the lifts and things of that sort, uh, we really need people to have that ticket uh, for the lift sure. ride up. But, uh, you know, we've got a very generous uphill policy. Uh, certainly whenever we're closed, uh, people can access it. Uh, and even when we're open, obviously, uh, people can access it. All they need to do is get a free ticket at the uh, ticket window just so we know they're out there, take the uphill trail up and have at it. So uh, we don't restrict that, uh, but we do. We just can't do the free token anymore. Yeah. And that's fair. We're, we're in those times where things have to change a little, but, um, but you do embrace the uphill and a lot of places are, but other places aren't. And I, I think it speaks to, it's, it's a smaller community mountain. And I think that's, and, and, and you can definitely comment on this. That's part of the success. Like I said, when I was a kid in the mid nineties, I was also skiing Mount snow, but in high school I was working there. So I didn't have to pay for it, you know, shout out to Les Auten and the American skiing company from back in the day. So I was always at Haystack, Mount snow, Killington. That's where I was every time I could go. Um, but now you're open and now it's a success. And I think the community part of it has been part of that success. But the more it seems as you look on social media, regular media, people love Magic Mountain for every reason. Like, what a success story. Like, is that right? Is Am I overselling it or, you know, anything oh, I think, like that? Uh, you know, it's it's been a, uh, a long struggle, I would say. Yeah, uh, totally. The community has really truly been at at the what the heart and soul of this place has been all about uh and so when when magic to kind of continue that that history when magic came back uh in 97 uh from sure. being closed and things of that sort it took a lot because uh basically on the way out uh it was pretty stripped bare so mm -hmm. uh, snow making was a lot of the pipes were kind of destroyed on the way out um uh, two key lifts were were gone the beginner and the mid-mountain lift both taken out uh and so the infrastructure was in really bad shape uh, basically uh they didn't want magic to come back as a competitor once they decided to close it uh sure. so there were a lot of obstacles uh and you know we give a, each kind of owner and operator along the way on, on this journey, we give them a lot of credit because uh, it's very hard to bring a ski area back unless you've got, you know, tens of millions of dollars. You look at like Saddleback right now, you know, sure. they got huge investment uh, to bring that back. The guys who brought, you know, magic back in, uh, you know, 97, 98 uh, really had a couple million dollars, mm -hmm. you know, and given the state of the infrastructure, <laughs> And the importance of snowmaking, that's like, that's nothing. Absolute pittance. So yeah. Magic was always kind of, uh, for quite some time, hanging on a thread of whether, you know, would it open? Uh, who's owning the place? Who's operating? <laughs> What's the plan? But what kept it alive and thriving was its ski community. It just had such a passionate base of hardcore skiers who just loved the terrain. Um and could deal with the fact that, you know, it wasn't going to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it still wasn't perfect. You know, it's just, you know, you're going to get a mix of natural, maybe some snowmaking back in the day. Uh, and you just had to ride the waves, sometimes up, sometimes down. But there was such a strong community. And that's really what attracted us, uh, my family. Uh, we had oh. skied, you know, had season passes because my parents had season passes to Stratton all those years. And, you know, in the in the 90s, when I got married and started to have kids, you know, I just didn't 
like the scene that was going on at a lot of these uh, bigger mountains anymore. Okay. You know, everything it was the, the trails weren't as interesting anymore. Everything had been widened uh, into boulevards and things of like that. Snowmaking was everywhere. So the character of some of these great trails that I used to love to ski had kind of like was with grooming had been flattened out. It just had gotten, you know, a little boring to what I, I was used to. And it was a little more impersonal. We used to know families at Stratton and do all these things and do some crazy stuff uh, back in the day in the 60s when we were young. Uh, you know, that we just couldn't find that anymore. Uh, nothing against Stratton. There are, there are neighbors and, you know, every, to each their own. But we were really looking for something a little more personal, a little more intimate. And when we first started skiing Stratton, we tried it, uh, I mean, in Magic in 99, uh, it just brought back memories when I was a kid. We'd come over here every now and then along with Timber Ridge. And, the, you know, it was always the terrain. The terrain sure. was unbelievable, so different than anything in southern Vermont. And, uh, and But then the people that we met, you know, the first couple of days, the first weekend we were up there, were like, now, this is a place I want to bring my kids up skiing. And so nice. that's when we just, you know, committed to, you know, buying season passes, got involved in race programs, the free ride programs, uh, volunteered for all that stuff and uh, really cemented our love for this place. And so it's that great combination uh, for us of both the community that's here, that's passionate about the place, that just are open, friendly, don't care what you do, where you came from, and yeah. but you you made friends instantly and with that great terrain that just, it had something for everyone. So that's what we loved. Uh, when we first started coming here and again the only issue was money really yep. how do you how do you get this infrastructure to a place uh where it became a consistent you know reliable ski area with what we envisioned eventually which was that great mix of more snow making but not grooming and making snow on every trail which is sure. pretty much possible here anyway with the steep trails it's hard to get a groomer down a lot of that stuff. yeah uh, and keep the character and soul of the place that is is a mix of yeah we want to you want to go hike the thing go hike the thing if you want to you know ski in the woods go ski in the woods we we're we keep expanding the glades how those glades expand are all because of the people who want to give time and energy to it uh, you want some uh, groomers and things of that sort now we have them you want more snowmaking now we have that you want a place where your kids can learn to ski. Now we have a, you know, a conveyor lift for kids, a new be a beginner area again. We've got mm -hmm. a mid-mountain lift again. All those things that, you know, we, that kind of rounded the place out so it could be successful. And I think without spending, you know, tens of millions of dollars, you know, we've done it because we've committed, you know, $5 million to the place, which, sure. you know, I think is right-sizing the investment to, you know, the kind of ski area that we want to have here. That's awesome. And, th and that's great. It really is a place, something for everybody. And and it has become that. And that's so brilliant to me because back in the 90s when it was closed, you know, and, you know, we were teenagers. I graduated in 97. I'll date myself. So everybody knows I was there for that. I had a driver's license. I could have gone, but I didn't because it wasn't open. It was just reopening. And I was skiing for free at the American Ski Company places. But when you talk to everybody in the area who was going over there and they say, hey, you know, you ever see that from the road when you're passing through London, Derry? Say, sure, I've seen it from the road. I know what Magic Mountain is. Absolutely. Why? They're like, the terrain is ridiculous. They talk about the steeps 
And that's what everybody talks about. The, the, the reputation of the mountain, and I don't know if it's still the reputation of the mountain in some way, is that you got to know what you're doing if you're going to magic. Like you have to be able to handle it. I don't know if that's true, but if there's something for everybody, that can be true, but it's not the whole story. Is that right? Yeah. I, I mean, certainly yeah. magic was hardcore expert skiing. Um, and, you know, we've got skiers here <laughs> who grow up skiing here that, that are some of the best skiers in, in the East just because like Mad River and Smugs, they're getting some really kick-ass terrain. Sure, and, totally. Uh, you know, you, you grow up here, you're going to learn on the best. Uh, and it's, as you say, it's everything. You're not just going to get groomers. Everyone can ski groomers pretty well, right? Doesn't yeah. even matter almost how steep they are. But you put some moguls in there, you put some trees in the way, you get rocks, you get, you know, you name it. Every yeah. time you ski it, it's, it's a different condition. And it, you know, you gotta be a, you know, East coast skiers are used to that, but here at magic, you really hone that kind of level of being able to deal with just about everything. And I, but I think the key for us was really kind of solidifying, um, obviously lift service and, you know, making sure lifts were operating here. Uh, and, but providing those lifts to places that could attract, you know, those families, those young families, you know, instead of having to necessarily, um, if you're in the area, you know, go ski, you know, Bromley or some other place that had more uh, relaxed terrain, uh, you could really, now you can ski magic because there's, there's some great intermediates and, you know, beginner type of skiing here, but there wasn't really access to it. And there wasn't a consistent, you know, groom product for those people. And now we've got that. But even our intermediate stuff, a blue here mm -hmm. is a little different than a blue at Stratton, a blue at Bromley, a blue in a lot of places. So uh, you definitely up your game here, no doubt. Absolutely. And I honestly, I can't wait to go. I know I'm going to be there this year. Um, I know a whole crew from PA who's coming up. We're all going to hit it together. Um, we're very excited. And that... The excitement comes from a lot of what you say, because now there is a reputation of how awesome this place is, the success story that it is. And we're all big Indie Pass supporters as well. Um, for those who haven't seen it yet, In Pursuit of Soul, Jeff was in that film as well as one of the contributors, as were many Indie Pass um, owners, managers, GMs, you know, pick your title, groomers, ski patrol, sure. everybody was yeah. in that film. Had a lot, yeah. Um, and it was an awesome film because it also highlighted a lot of what Jeff said from the beginning where he says he's there washing dishes. That's a very real thing to being something for everybody, community driven, smaller, more intimate. Like it's not only intimate with the social part. And I'm going to have a question about that here in a minute, but intimate with the mountain itself, almost like the mountains of living person. Like he says, it's not going to be the same every day. You go to Stratton or Mount Snow, and I love both of those places. I worked for Mount Snow, skied Stratton for years, but it's the same they're, they're the trails are different obviously the map is different but they're the same um like whichever one you want better i still love them both um but magic could be one tuesday this wednesday that saturday this you have to get to know your mountain and that's a wonderful um <clears throat> excuse me wonderful thing um but again the social aspect and that was the question i was really gonna say is getting to know people intimately how I, I know we're all sick of talking about COVID, but it fascinates me the how people seem to realize when you couldn't ride a lift with somebody that skiing was social. Did that really, was that a big part of it? Like we we all know how from a business end, how COVID-19 restrictions just destroyed everything. It didn't destroy everything. We were pretty successful, but 
the social aspect like how how did that hurt at your your mountain well i mean i think at, at a lot of places it it hurt to some extent um because yeah. yeah i i there is no doubt that i mean some people just come here they don't hey they're 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 after something and they don't necessarily want to uh socialize with other people but sure. there's a huge crew here that yeah i mean yeah. this is what they wanted this is their family mm -hmm. uh and it's like their winter family and they haven't seen their winter family for you know a few months they can't wait uh to socialize being you know riding a lift with a complete stranger also making a friend and talking mm -hmm. about the place so i think the social aspect was tough last year but you know we found ways to do it i mean it's just magic is magic um and you know we, one of the things that we're keeping that we added last year was what we call the T-Bar. And the first original lift uh, that was at Magic in 1960 was a T-Bar. And it was a shack over a little up from the base area, but there was a shack up from the, a little bit up from the base area uh, that also has some electricity for our, our snowmaking. But it was the original shack uh, for the T-Bar that ran up show up which was the first trail uh, and the first uh, lift and so we were you know we're like ah oh, interesting you know we wanted to push more things outside we put a tent outside we still had the tent uh but all of a sudden we said you know this is a great spot uh it's got electricity coolers and all that kind of stuff let's let's have a food and beverage area up here totally and so we added it up there it's got a fire pit uh you know coolers hot dogs beer whatever and uh it became one of the social aspects people were outside it was a fire going it was pretty safe uh and it was a place to hang and kind of reconnect with people uh when they you know we had to really manage how many people were inside and things of that sort and that became a place where people could really just uh, hang out and people loved it. And so we're keeping it. And it's just nice. one of those things like we do at Sunshine Corner, halfway up the mountain, we have impromptu snow bars and things of that sort, all licensed and thanks for uh, DLC coverage and all that kind of stuff. But it was like, that's what people do around here and they find ways to socialize and, and make it work. And so while we missed a bunch of people who, you know, we credited a fair amount of passes last year because you know they were in connecticut or new jersey or whatever and were sure. abiding by the restrictions and they didn't come um so we missed them but you know the people who did come and things of that sort we find ways to certainly have fun you know certainly people in the parking lot had some fun too uh so yeah. that, you know people innovate uh yeah sometimes you know through crises like this you got to innovate uh and sometimes it's pretty simple stuff but you still have to execute it right. Excellent, excellent. Tailgating did become a big thing again this year. Um, I thought that was great um, as long as people were doing it safely. Um, and I hope it continues. I hope it continues at your mountain. In fact, don't be surprised. And this is a shout out to some of my top fans. They know who they are. Tech Rob, Scooter, Kendall, all those guys from Pennsylvania. They're coming up. Don't be surprised after this episode debuts if you get the invite on social media to the tailgate cheesesteak party um after john hunt over at whaleback um who is partnered in a way with you this year yeah. um after his episode came out they like dude join us in the parking lot cheesesteaks 
tailgates are going to be awesome. So don't be surprised if you get that invite. Um, but then again, that's the cool thing about the little mountains is the people who run them. You can invite them. Like you're going to invite Bobcats to a, to a tailgate cheese state. I mean, you could try and do you want to that? Place show up, but yeah. He might not show up. You can invite them, but we can invite Jeff Hathaway direct. And it's kind of awesome. Um, I hope that all continues all the social aspect. I hope it does. Like I said, I'm coming down, yeah. but I'm, I'm only up by white river junction. So I'm not far, but the PA group and everybody, I have friends who live there. Everybody wants to get there this year. Do you expect now with travel restrictions lightened? Um, everybody's out again. Do you expect, I mean, it kind of sounds like a stupid question. Obviously we all expect business to go up. Do you expect it to go up a lot? Like, are you going to be hitting max max numbers every day? You think, or oh, are yeah. you just preparing for it? We're, we're preparing for it, but no, we won't. I, you know, I mean, I think on the weekends, yeah, you know, we may, uh, holidays, nice. all those kind of things. Um, but, uh, for sure it's going to be up from last year. <laughs> yeah. And it's been up every year. We've, since we bought the place in 2016, we've quadrupled our season pass holder base. Uh, so, um, you know, people want to come here. Uh, you know, the really nice thing about, you know, as, as we've grown, we've really grown um, uh, the amount of people who are in the state of Vermont who have make a commitment to magic. Uh, I think when we, we purchased a place, maybe 15% of our season pass holders were Vermonters. Uh, wow. Now it's up to 45% nice. of monitors. We're getting a uh, just a huge turnout of, of people who appreciate, you know, the feel, the community vibe, uh, the awesome terrain, all that kind of stuff, uh, but also providing really an affordable product for them. Um, and, and we do a specific product for our uh, Vermonters because we want, you know, winter's hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Know, in the state of Vermont. Totally. Uh, and if you're not out enjoying, you know, all that snow and what what happens by skiing and riding and things of that sort, you know, it makes uh, uh, the winter even longer. So we want to make sure kids. So we have special kids student passes and parents of those students want to make sure they're getting out and have a place to go to that's very affordable uh, and, uh, you know, where they can just kind of learn and grow up skiing and, you know, enjoy all the benefits. I mean, it's really, you know. This is a, a small community place in, in many respects, but the terrain skis uh, much, much larger. It's, this, is, this is a mountain with 1,500 foot vertical and where it's top to bottom runs, you can get after it. And, um, you know, you feel like you're, you know, you could be at Mad River, Sugarbush, um, you know, Smugs. Uh, it, it's that type of feel to it, but just on a little smaller scale. And, um, you know, everything comes down, you know, to one, you know, base area. So, you know, you can, you can have your kids <laughs> just go out and ski. They're not going to get lost. Um, uh, and, uh, people will watch out for each other too. So, if, um, you know, so it, it's always, it's got that feel, uh, and that's where, you know, that's why we do put in, uh, you know, restrictions on the amount of people who can be here. So sure. a lot of that started with, you know, for many areas with COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but we, ever since we bought the place, we had a restriction on how many people could be here. Uh, and for the first time, because our pass holder base has grown so much, we're putting a restriction on how many passes we also sell. Um, so not only day tickets are, you know, um, 
we have a capacity limit on that, but also uh, pass holders, not in terms of once you buy a pass, you can come here anytime you want. So sure. we're just not going to oversell anything because we want this experience to remain kind of uncrowded on the slopes. Um, and I think it, it, people feel it when, when they come here, Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is why you've got fixed grip lifts because they're not unloading eight people at a time, you know, uh, constantly at the top of the hill, and then they all have to go down uh, a certain amount of trails. Here, you have time to space people out um, and really get to enjoy the terrain and not be looking over your shoulder for the most part. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, uh, that's just a different feel. And, you know, some people, and I've always said, it's a very self-selecting mountain. So because we don't have any high-speed lifts and the new lift we're putting in, the, the quad, is not a high-speed lift. We intentionally, uh, because one, it's affordable for our pocketbook, even though it's yeah. a half million dollar project, but it's it keeps that fixed grip steady, people in the air, not on the slopes, um, and it keeps that vibe and feel going that we want. So um, if it's overcrowded on the slopes or overcrowded in the lines, uh, that's when we start to feel like, well, this is not what, the experience we want here is so it's a, just a different look at it i think more people are starting to put in some of these capacity restrictions mm -hmm. um and keep those uh but you know we've always believed in it and i like for us it works <laughs> yeah it it totally does like i said at the beginning magic is a huge success story like every year it seems like more and more people are magic mountain supporters or they want to get there I've never been there. I got to get there. Um, it, it falls into that big kind of group of mountains that the Indy Pass, you know, a lot of the Indy Pass mountains uh, belong to. And I support it. I love it. Love Doug Fish. Love all these mountains that I've been to from it um, because it's the same idea. Smaller, intimate, one base area. Let your kids go. You'll find them. You'll find your friends. Um, doesn't mean you can drink more. It just means you'll find your friends. You know, it's 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 this wonderful smaller vibe that I think I don't know if the industry was ever missing it because you all have been here. It's just that now people are re you know, they're finding it again and like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. It's nice to have the hot tubs and the amenities and all the fancy stuff. And, you know, like people are going to love riding that eight pack up at Loon uh, next year, year after whenever it opens. And that's great. And I want to try it, too. I like technology. That's neat. But that'll be once. Places I want to go back to are like this. L less lines. You know, more more intimate vibe. Talking to people. Getting to know people. Getting to know the mountain. Um, not paying $1,000 a day to go. Um, and actually, that brings me to another question. This one's kind of fun. Uh, just, just because... It, I, we all I, I follow social media too. To, you know, it's a great place to go. While while it can be an awful place to be social media, believe me, it's also great. You know what's going on on what day. One thing in particular, as an example, I'll use. I think it was when the paid parking at Mount Snow was announced, and I don't know who runs your social media, but there was a little not shade thrown, but I think there was a nudge at it. I think it was magic. Was it magic? Shocking. Yeah, <laughs> there was a little nudge at it, like you still park for free over here, something, uh, and, and you do it, and it's tongue in cheek and it's fun. They're not being jerk offs over there, trust me. Um, but to that point, is that, um, A, are you guys throwing shade on purpose or is it just for fun? Am I wrong? <laughs> Listen, uh, we, we don't take ourselves too seriously. 
awesome. uh, just in general. Um, yeah. You know, there's some serious stuff going on here and, you know, infrastructure <laughs> and money spent and all that kind of stuff. But you also have to have, you know, a little fun with where we are. We respect all our, you know, friends and neighbors uh, that around here. They help us out uh, with projects and things of that sort. The ski community from a business standpoint is very tight. Uh, sure. Uh, but I, I'm not going to be bashful about saying this is that ever since we bought this place, we are 100% focused on showing people that there is a difference. There is an alternative. There are choices out there that they may not have known about before. Yeah. Um, and we're not afraid to point out the differences. Um, most of it in a very positive way, but sure. you know, if, if you're going to, if you're going to do something uh, from a, a corporate standpoint that points out the difference between uh, independent resorts that are run by real people um, and um, have real problems and real issues that they deal with on a daily basis. And we, we talk about them. It's yeah. like, you know, the quad is, you know, supposed to have been up, you know, uh, two years ago. And we're still dealing with major engineering infrastructure contractor issues. That's just reality. Sure. And we don't, you know, we don't hide it. It's there. You know, people know if they follow us, what's going on, you know, with the quad. We I put out a newsletter every week uh, just about that uh, updates, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Most of it's good. But, you know, there are projects that don't necessarily fit neatly and, you know, happen on time and, you know, on budget and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we just try and tell people what's really going on. And that's, you know, so similar with when Mount Snow comes out and says, <laughs> hey, we're going to, um, you know, charge for parking. Yep. Oh, OK. Well, that's something we're not going to do. You know, yeah. for day parking and things that so we're just not going to do that. And there's a reason, you know, for not doing it. You know, we're trying to provide an affordable experience. These passes that um, Icon um, and Epic uh, are great in terms of, wow, I can ski all these places. Right. And, right. and for less than I used to be able to ski uh, at Stowe or Stratton on their regular passes. So now all those prices have come down, which is, I think, great for the average um, and average skier who's out there, you know, 10, 15 times a year. Sure. But there's a price to pay for uh, having such inexpensive uh, products in passes is that, believe me, you're going to pay for it somewhere else at some mm -hmm. point in time. And I think we're starting to, people are starting to realize that. So yep. if I have to pay, you know, for a, a, a nice cheap mega pass, uh, and then all of a sudden I have to pay for parking every day, yeah. huh? Well, that just—if uh, you ski, uh, let's say it's thirty bucks for parking, sure. you ski ten times, that's another three hundred dollars on your very inexpensive pass. Yeah. So, you know, those are just realities, um, and you know, so maybe some of our social media is uh, educational uh, yeah. but if we try and do it in a way where we, we maybe poke a little fun at it uh people can make fun of us that's okay we're not <laughs> it's <laughs> not everything goes right here uh but uh we do want to show people that there's an alternative uh the indies uh it's really tough to uh 
make Skiria successful. It really sure. is tough. Uh, and uh, the Vales and the Alteras have found a way to make a bunch of ski areas very successful and for them to uh, both survive, thrive, and do whatever. That's good for the, the ski area business. What's also good for the ski area business is that these smaller independent areas hopefully can thrive uh, and survive and provide these alternative experiences because we just don't want it to be where it's all about uh, the people who can afford it the most, the, the people who are skiing 10 to 15 to 30 times a year, the really frequent skiers. If it's all about that, where is the future for skiing? And yeah. so uh, I think all the the industry has kind of what can what should we be doing to take an industry that's already pretty flat in terms of growth, you know, yeah. just in terms of new people coming into the, the market. Now it's sure. becoming really expensive unless you are already skiing 15 times a year. And if I'm a new skier, just taking up the sport, I'm not skiing 15 times a year yet. Yep. I'm just trying it, see if it's going to work. I've got family. All of a sudden I got to buy equipment and things for, you know, four people instead of just one person. And that's expensive. And then I like got to buy. So, you know, there's got to be a balance, an equilibrium, to it and uh, we're trying to we've been very vocal about trying to let people know there's an alternative because yeah. we don't have the money to spend on advertising uh like all these combined resorts get to do with their passes so how do yeah. we survive where mm -hmm. do we fit in you know we can't go the lowest common denominator all the time you know uh, passes help us you know put money back into our mountains so that we yeah. can survive through the through the summer so, you know, they've made it very tough on us with our past prices. You know, there's kind of a ceiling now. It used to be, yep. you know, we, we could charge whatever we wanted to, but now mm -hmm. there's a ceiling because we've got to, you know, stay within the Epic and Nikon kind of, um, you know, pricing scenario. So it's very tough on independent operators. Uh, the corporate industry has made it tougher. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, hey, that's capitalism. That's America. It's best. To, but it is. But darn it, you know, us entrepreneurs are going to find ways and alternatives and we're going to point them out, uh, hopefully in a fun way. Uh, uh, but we're going to certainly point out the differences and what we think are uh, areas that what we do, we think is the right way for us. Other people may think, oh, paying for parking is just, hey, we go to ball games, pay for parking. So why why should it be any different? And sure. that's. That's great. It's free country. So, um, but yeah, we're going to be vocal about it. Absolutely. And it's kind of awesome that you are and that other operators are as well, because I don't know, I feel like the corporate models that are out there and they have to do, like you said, they do what they do. I think in the end, they're going to push people, especially as they get more negative press. Um, like right now, caught day ticket cost is huge in media not just social media but ski media in general because right. everybody's now pointing out this place 100 this place 150 this place 2 220 230 for a day ticket and what how's that 269 is the highest we've seen i think yep. uh, you know storm skiing Stu, yep. you know brought that one out 269 at uh, steamboat Yep. Shout out to Storm Skiing. They did point that out yesterday, yeah. the day before, or maybe lately last week, but it was there. Yeah. And uh, you're right. It, that's getting, and while you're right, Epic Icon Pass is priced amazingly. If 
that's the type of skier you are. You know, if you're out there, if you're skiing three times a day, none of it makes sense. But places like this, it makes sense. Places like Magic, places like the other Indy Pass Mountains that are in Vermont, Jay and Bolton and uh, Suicide Six, which I love. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Suicide Six isn't even big, and I love it. Um, it's it's a great place, and I think those alternatives people are going to be seeking them out. In fact, during COVID, I was talking to a lot of people who went Indy Pass specifically because the places were smaller. I can be safe, lesser numbers. And they get there and they're, you know, and they talked about it being a place that you see the sign on the highway, but you pass because you're on your way to Stratton, Mount Snow, Killington, Okemo, you name it, you know, but you pass it. You're like, I'm just going to go to where I know. So now you go somewhere else and you're like, holy crap, this place is freaking amazing. (laughs) You know, I think people are longing for that. They're starting to realize they're longing for it and you're going to. You're gonna have people beating down the door once you know you reach a point where, like, say, Magic sells a number of passes for a time, and the people are like, "Damn it, I didn't get mine." Yeah. Damn. I think you're gonna get that uh, because of the popularity of places like Magic. And like I said, growing up, Magic was popular with people who would hike up, um, and we heard about it, but we were skiing everywhere else because it was closed. Now, you know, I talk to people, and they're like. We're going because we can, and we love it, and we want to see it. Um, and I hope they do keep coming this year. Do you have a uh, what's your schedule of events for this year? I think I saw des- uh, December eighteenth, second week of December opening. Anything special happening? Well, um, basically, we're going to have we're bringing bands back. Uh, nice. You know, our our Black Line t- Black Line Tavern. Mm-hmm. But anyway, right here, the Black Line yeah. Tavern is. Uh, you know, just a great spot for opera in general. So usually every Saturday we've got opera music there. We're going nice. to have that back this year. Um, and then Saturday nights, we our Black Line Music Series, uh, we usually just get some great bands. Most of the concerts uh, are going to be free, but we do have some paid ones for the bigger awesome. uh, bigger ones. And uh, But we get great sponsorships from... Uh, local areas to help us pay for all those bands. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, so the 18th, we'll have a opening kind of opening day band uh, that night. We've got uh, December 30th. We've got uh, lizards. We just announced that uh, fish tribute. Uh, they're going to be here on December 30th. That's going to be a paid for concert, but that's going to be a big one. Uh, yeah. New Year's is just always huge. here. Yeah, got, totally. Uh, we, we start with, uh, New Year's Eve, uh, we do a, an event called Tuck It. Okay. We've got like a trilogy of uh, our own kind of extreme events. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it's again, it's stuff that few other places do, but it's just been our heritage. You know, we've got the the slopes for extreme events. And so, uh, but now it's, we've started uh, since we purchased a place to solidify like three that we really have fun with. One is uh, on December 31st is called Tucket. Okay. Tucket, as you, we're pretty straightforward with the names, I guess, but Tucket. Yeah, totally. We, we hadn't, there used to be, it was Tucket or something it. Um, but we, <laughs> I mean, if you so, want to go ahead, so no really restrictions. We're still a family place, so we couldn't do that. But <laughs> uh, so Tucket is uh, basically the only radar gun speed event in the East awesome to, to crown the uh, craziest fastest skier and rider um mm-hmm. uh, in the east and basically it, it's different age groups and all that kind of stuff uh as well men women so it's open to anyone 
nice. but uh, the top uh top three speed events were we give out 1500 bucks in cash nice. for, for, the, for the top three finishers uh plus some silo skis usually and some other things so it's a really fun event we do it right out here on black line uh we groom out a you know a corridor and then there's a speed zone people hit that we ra radar gun them uh you know the speeds approaching you know high 70s 80s uh yeah. so it's it's really fun uh to watch and we announce the event and it's probably me it's gonna probably be me and another guy uh but we announced it from the black line tavern deck you can look up and see the event uh so we have a lot of fun with it uh and then it rolls just right into um you know operate ski music and then uh, we've got a band that night uh for uh, new year's uh with uh, fireworks at midnight to nice. bring it in so you know that's kind of how we kind of open open the year up it's it's going to be fun we're also going to do probably a Uller fest on the on the 18th as well uh our opening day we'll burn some skis and uh drink some beer probably nice I can imagine but uh then but so so we've got that uh big ski event then we got another one in february that we do which will be which is called road to ruin which nice. if you've ever seen you know that classic 80s ski movie uh about the chinese downhill uh basically it's a take on that yep uh, uh without the uh alliteration uh or uh, poking fun at obviously any asian uh people that's just not cool yeah. so we call it road to ruin but that concept of uh just heading down the hill as fast as you can and really it's just the first it doesn't matter how you look yeah. uh what tricks you do that doesn't matter on this one it's just from the start we have uh probably about 10 per segment we we carve it up into different uh flights okay. uh 10 per flight and the first one to get down let's say among you know men is 60 plus the first mm -hmm. one down uh you know goes on to the finals um and you know we'll have you know women 18 to 49 we'll have you know borders a flight we'll have kids flight we'll have whatever then they the winners of each of those flight all go up start at the same time and it's just whoever can get down from which into black line so it's a pretty tough trail but again it's one you can watch from the deck <laughs> some good wipeouts and we'll be announcing that and all that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. that's another one in, in February. Then in March, we close it out with what we call uh, Master of the Mountain, which is for the all-around best skier because it, it combines a classic, you know, IFSA type of free ski event uh, where you're judged uh, basically on how you ski it, uh, any tricks that you do as you're skiing a, a free ski event. So half of it is free ski event. And then you go into a giant solemn course. So it's one nice. continuous uh, event, but you have to finish it off with a giant solemn course. So it combines both racing and free ride and free ski uh, into one event. And so that's a timed event from top to bottom. So, uh, and then you get time taken out for all the tricks you do and things of that sort, how you ski that upper part. So, you know, three kind of extreme events all done basically right out here on black line uh and you can 
see it from the, the lodge. It's all announced at the lodge, big community events, fun, just a different take on, you know, obviously the traditional stuff that we do do like regular yeah. racing. And things. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. Yeah. So we have a lot of fun with it. That's awesome. Actually, the road to ruin is one I did want to check out. Um, and I haven't been able to as of yet this year, it, it's going to happen. I'm going, um, not competing. Cause I'm not, I'll die up there, man. I'm not even going to lie about it. But the cool thing about that is the, what caught my eye is, like you said, it's 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 very much out of Hot Dog the movie. Um, yeah. I have my copy. I've seen it. We all know. Um, so I, I looked into it. And the trails he's talking about, they're on. They are Mark Diamond on the trail map. So you're already thinking, wow, that's something else. Go look at it at a topographic map, a topo map. It's 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 i couldn't do it not at speed there's no way i could do it at speed um i i just have lost all of my ability and i don't lie about it um but it's gonna be something to see like this is the stuff you don't see in the x games kids and you don't see it in the olympics it's something more it's something different and i think it's going to be awesome so three big events um and then the usual season um you guys running uh what five six days or seven days open this year uh basically we do our our regular schedule is thursday through sorry um, uh, thursday through uh sunday and then uh we do have a bunch of uh mountain rentals one of the things we do um is we do rent out the mountain on Mondays through Wednesdays. Uh, we don't do it completely. You know, we don't pack them all in because sure. we do like to give our people uh, days off. But uh, we do do ma- uh, private mountain rentals. And so those are mostly on Mondays, um, except for holidays. So mm-hmm. holidays were open to the public as well during the week. Uh, sure. Obviously Christmas to New Year's and also um, President's Week we're open MLK Monday. Uh, we're open in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. So, um, but you know, it's a, for us, it's a pretty busy schedule. Uh, yeah. and again, it's kind of how, from a business standpoint, we approach it. Um, magic has always kind of had a limited schedule, uh, since it reopened and we're kind of staying with that in general, uh, because, um, you know, weekdays are not huge money makers uh and so it's one of the ways as an independent area we can afford to uh you know uh, have the prices that we have for our day tickets and things of that sort is uh is not being open seven days a week all the time um but now we have these private amount of rentals that provide us revenue and things of that sort guaranteed kind of revenue on some of those days and they're you know they're not that expensive uh, to put on uh, you know, for people to, to, to buy into those things, it's like 6,500, uh, as a starting base, uh, for, you know, renting the mountain, which if you think about it these days, that's not too many, uh, $269 tickets. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's, so, uh, but it's been good for us, uh, and provides some revenue and provides for both people who just want to have it with 50 of their friends uh or or you know a company that wants to have an outing uh it's a kind of a unique way to for them to experience skiing uh, uh, at magic so that's great um you hear very rarely it, it's a rarity that you can rent out a mountain there's a couple places dotted here and yep. there and they are independent places that do it these aren't corporate hills that are doing that right um yeah, platic hill, platic hill is one 
Yep. Uh, and also uh, Pico does some. Oh, so there you go. See, I didn't even know that. Get some free advertising today. I didn't even know Pico did it. I, I that fascinates me. My friends and I have talked about that for years. Like, dude, we should do this. Sixty five hundred. That's not bad. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, especially as you pointed out, as the day ticket prices go up, you get fifty of your friends together. You're really not paying much more. Yeah, and exactly. It, I mean, if you have, if you have a hundred friends, it's basically sixty five bucks a ticket here, and you got them out to yourself. Yeah, so it's less than you know our seventy-four dollar ticket. So it's you know it's very doable, uh, and it's totally. just a really neat experience because you, you really do just have this place you know to yourself, which is is pretty awesome. That's so awesome, uh, Jeff. You might be getting that call from me this year if I can get the group to do it. That just sounds right. great. Yeah. Um, well, we're getting close to our time, so this was awesome. I think magic is awesome. Like I said, it fascinates me as a local who was here as a kid who started skiing down at Memorial Park in Brattleboro, but you know, magic was closed for a lot of my time. And that's the same with other places like Maple Valley. And, and you know, I got in a haystack before it closed, you know, things like this. I definitely want to get down there. Um, I can't wait. Like I said, I'm coming with a group. So we're, we're going to be bringing people from all over the place. Um, and we're going to enjoy it. Like I said, they will invite you to the parking well, lot. And I'll be there in the parking lot. Nice. I'll, I'll, I'll probably be cheese park, park in your car or in a <laughs> van or whatever, and then we'll certainly uh, partake in the party part too. So it's awesome, and that is the beauty of Magic Mountain and Jeff Hathaway and Indie Mountains and everything. Anything else you want to go over, throw out there, Sh shamelessly plug? Go for no, it. No, I mean you know I, this is you know it's been great uh, chatting with you, just sharing. You know, again, I'm not. I didn't grow up as a ski area operator, sure. so. Uh, this is you know this is all new uh to me uh other than i've loved skiing since i was three years old and yeah. always had a vision for what skiing should be and you know it just aligns really well with what magic has been and is becoming um so you know we're just really happy to be here it's not an easy um this thing this stuff doesn't happen <laughs> without a lot of hard work and the totally. employees here that uh, we've got here are just exceptional. They're so welcoming. Uh, they, they bust their butts. Uh, the ski industry isn't known for, you know, uh, high pay. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but you know, we've made great strides there. People share in, if we do well here at magic, people share in that, that with bonuses and things of that sort. That's so, so awesome. you know, I can't thank all the people, who work here enough because they really do uh, make this happen and make magic happen. So shout out to them. That's awesome. That is awesome. And we believe me, there is a whole culture of skiers still out there that appreciates places like this and what people do and Jeff and all of his staff. It's awesome. Thank you, sir. I do appreciate it. Magic Mountain. Um, of course, they're on social media. Check that out. Links in descriptions, both video and audio versions. Uh, they do have their website. Might as well pop it up so it's shown. There it is. Magic Mountain. Seasons Passing with Soul. The Road Less Traveled. It's awesome. Out there on Route 11. I do love talking to a local because I know all these road numbers too. And like I said, I was just on, you know, passed right by yesterday. Um, so thank you, Jeff. That was awesome. Check out Magic Mountain, both online and in person. It's wonderful. Real quick, um, reservations this year or no? Uh, Indie Pass, uh, we recommend getting reservations just so you don't get shut out. Uh, but uh, day tickets, again, buy them in advance. They're a little cheaper than walk-up window and it guarantees you a spot here. 
Excellent. So there you go. Very easy, very basic. Check it out. Indie Pass, Day Pass, if you're Season Pass holder because you're out there. Check it out. Jeff, thank you very much. I love it. I will be down there and I will see you this winter as will others. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Thank you. Cheers. And there you have it, everybody. Jeff Hathaway from Magic Mountain, owner operator, and does everything he can there to help out. Um, just working. That's the indie pla- that's the indie mountain way, man. You work and you get it done and you try to have a good time while you do it. Thank you to Jeff Hathaway again. That was very awesome. I enjoyed that interview. I hope you did too. As I said, I love talking to local folks because when he brings up Route 30, he brings up Route 121 and Route 11 and Jamaica and Bromley and everything around here. I know it too because I lived here too and I grew up down there. Um, awesome talking to a Vermont local. Love that. Uh, it was great. And I, you know, it's it, it's going to be a great year at Magic. All the events, like again, you don't see that stuff. You know, those should be Red Bull events. Those are like Red Bull level events. Just, just, just tuck and run and 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 a big multi start at the Road to Ruin and everything. It, it's it's just going to be an awesome year down there. And the fact that you can rent out Magic Mountain. 6500 are you kidding me that is not bad um i'm not kidding if i can find enough people because i can't just write a check for 6500 sure not everybody can but if we can get the money together just to have the mountain to ourselves for a day that is awesome magic mountain you can see it scrolling down for those of you watching the video version on youtube and rumble you see the website scrolling across the bottom of the screen you can obviously find it through a quick uh browser search whichever uh search engine and browser you like to use um and again social media magic mountain is everywhere as well um Find it, follow them, check them out and out if you can. It seems like such an awesome place. I'm going to be down there at least twice, maybe more, because I do have a whale back seasons pass, so I get discounted ticket down there at least once or twice. So we'll see what we can come up with um, down there in Magic. Um, I'll be there. Like I said, the East Coast skiers will be there. Tech Rob, Scooter, we'll all be there. It'll be great. Uh, maybe unofficial Travis, too. These these uh, these folks who follow and uh, hang with and talk to Ski Rex Media. And I hope you can become one of them and you follow Ski Rex Media. Remember, SkiRexMediaMerchShop.com, Patreon.com, Ski Rex Media. All the social media platforms, well, four social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Follow me, like everything, subscribe, rate. Uh, Five-star Apple ratings are appreciated, and I've had uh, had them, um, so you tell me what I can do and leave comments, because if you don't, then I don't know what's going on. I need that interaction. Skiing's a social sport, and, and media is a social business, so let me know what's going on. Talk to me here. I'll be out there. Also, look for... Um, plugs for any live streams there are times i do a live stream every so often and i do not just ask for um industry professionals for live streams i ask for just regular folks right right thank you everybody for joining me i hope you join me on the next one i hope you enjoyed this one and we'll see you out there this winter at magic mountain and other places in vermont new hampshire new york all over new england and the east coast and maybe even one in the midwest and we'll get into that another day right right thank you everybody enjoy Tim Ski Rex. Right